Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. I'm feeling refreshed from the vacation I just took, but boy, have I missed you. I don't want to delay any further because I have a bunch of new stories to share with you. Also, if there are other shows you'd like to see me collab with in the future, let me know by following me on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, facebook.com slash haunted pod, or on Instagram at it's haunted what now. Okay, ready to get spooked? Joe wrote into the show to share how they found out they were gifted. I'll try to keep it as short as possible. I'm sensitive. I call myself that because I can't think of anything else to call myself. I have had many supernatural experiences in my life and have become somewhat of a go-to in my circle of friends. Whenever they buy or rent a new home to do a walkthrough and let them know if there is something there. This actually started in my childhood And while I have many stories, I will start with the beginning and possibly send in more if you'd like. I was raised in a very rural farm area in the middle of nowhere. My brother and I helped work on the farm from a very young age, or maybe just so our parents could keep us close. Either way, we were usually at their side. One particular evening when I was around four or five, we were digging peanuts in our field. The sun was just going down and it was becoming hard to see. My brother was next to me with his trowel and my father was about three yards ahead of us. I had never been out in the garden so late. I was not afraid. I was actually in awe of how everything looked in the bluish light. I remember that I had stopped working and was standing and looking around. My brother spoke up and insisted that I keep helping him. I dropped back down on my knees and continued to dig when a hand came out of the tall grass in between the rows of peanuts and slapped the ground near where I was digging. I remember feeling very confused, but not afraid. I could easily make out the other hand, and it just sat there in the dirt, right where I was digging. I looked in the grass and moved it around with my hands, expecting to see the face of my oldest brother or maybe a cousin. There was no one there. Then... I became afraid. My brother became frustrated with me and complained to my dad. My dad asked me what was going on and I simply told him, I see hands in the grass. He stared at me for a second and told me to either keep helping or walk back home alone. By this time it had become very dark and I'm assuming my dad knew I would never walk home alone in the dark. So I bent over again and kept digging. I began to hear whispering from the grass. However, I could not understand the whispering. I look at my brother. He is now looking at the grass as if he hears it too. Then it happened again. Only it touched my hand this time. I remember feeling cold, dirty hands over mine. I didn't scream. I did, however, wet myself. My brother screamed. I did not turn to look at why my brother was screaming. I simply left and started running toward home. That night, my brother told me that he had seen the hands too, but there were many of them. 
different hands reaching out from the grass. I'm not sure if he really saw what I had seen or if I had scared him enough that he thought he saw it, but I know what I saw. My father had come home after me when I left to run home. I was really young and he wanted to make sure I was home safe, but I'm guessing that seeing my reaction, he finally believed me. He never asked me to work with him in the field after that. Here's the kicker. Years later, while having a perfectly normal conversation with my dad, who has never mentioned believing in anything, he mentions that time in the field. I nodded and said, I did see what I said I saw, Dad. He just nodded and said, You are just like your grandmother. She could see them too. Um, hello? This could have been nice to know about 10 years ago, I thought. I asked him questions, but he was pretty resistant to talk any more about the subject. Many other things have happened in my life since then. I actually discovered that my childhood home was actually built in the midst of many Indian mounds, most of which were located in the fields. I've also discovered that my grandmother had the exact same gift, and she could also read energies off people and places. I'm still working on that one still trying to master not bringing other people's energies with me mostly. I try to use what I have to help others. It does become frustrating and even scary at times. I don't like being alone in the dark to this day because of that particular night and maybe a few others that may be a bit over the top. I'd rather see what it is. I sleep with a nightlight. My husband knows about everything and I think he's more comfortable that way now too. There are good and bad, and I've experienced both. I'm sorry if it was a little long. I rarely tell anyone my story. Only my close friends and family know. But I came across your podcast after listening to my normal crime podcast and was so amused I think I listened to each one and then subscribed. I figured it may help others out there like me feel a little less alone and possibly help others understand what people like me go through and maybe be more understanding and less judgmental. Joe, the hands in the grass literally gave me goosebumps. That is something straight out of a horror movie, except it was your real life. I consider myself to be an empath, so I get the whole other people draining your energy thing. I would probably sleep with the nightlight too, but I have a very strict rule, and that is that spirits are not allowed to scare me. I had this one incident while out on vacation that was very brief, and I honestly don't really know what it was. I was in a cabin in rural Oklahoma for a very low-key bachelorette party, and it was two weeks ago as of this recording. I was upstairs in bed watching YouTube facing the wall, so my back was towards my other roommates in that room. I went to turn around on my back and thought I saw my friend Megan standing behind me, kind of leering over me, waiting to say boo or something. I had this immense sense of fear shoot through my body and I was so scared. But whatever I saw in my periphery as I was turning wasn't there and I made it safely to my back. I texted my husband that night and I said, I'm pretty sure a ghost tried to scare me and I'm now going to be sleeping with my glasses on. It was pretty crazy and definitely very scary. I've never felt that scared before. Anyways, I feel fine today, but I have a feeling that these upcoming stories will just continue to freak me out a little bit more. 
Bumpkin Witch, returns to the show with another story. You can listen to episode 12 to hear their other submission. In any case, her story might have you bringing protection whenever you're pet sitting. I had a very spooky encounter last night. There is just something about October, I swear. I am currently feeding my friend's cat while she is away. I stop by once a day and I hang around a bit longer than I technically need to because the cat is a rescue and doesn't trust people. So I spend a few extra minutes trying to find her, feeding her treats, giving her some attention, etc. One of my strategies to get this kitty used to me is to sing while I walk around the apartment. And around this time of year, I always default to this really, really old Halloween song my mom learned when she was in elementary school. This would have been in the late 1960s. It goes like this. Halloween, which is riding high, can't you see their shadows in the sky? So beware, don't you dare even boast Or a ghost to your dismay, my dear You say that you don't care So say a prayer or it may come and hold your hand There's a big black cat a-crossing in our way Once you've heard of that bad luck, they always say Aren't you scared when it's dead with its eyes aglow? Hear that crow, there's a thump near the pub. Now hurry home or I know my thump they thump upon your door. So I was singing to this kitty and I started to hear this really, really loud banging. I couldn't tell if it was the walls or the ceiling but it sounded like the shut up banging. I wasn't singing very loud. I can sing much louder, but I stopped and the banging continued, but died off a few moments later. I started again, but about halfway through my song, the banging started once more. This happened a third time and I got pretty annoyed, so I stopped singing. Then about five minutes later, I heard a loud Not the same as the banging, this was like as if something with more surface area was behind it. Something less dense than a fist, too. Less like the bang 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 of a fist on a dry wall, more like if you were to ram something with your shoulder. The was immediately followed by the soft sound of something being dragged across the floor above me. And then there was a like stamping feet. That sound repeated two more times, three times in total. I texted my friend and said, your neighbors sound like ghosts, what the fuck? She was confused by this. Me, it's legit freaky. She was really confused by this. There are all these strange banging noises and these creaking noises followed by thumps. She asked me if this was from upstairs. It sounds like it's from above, I think. That's when she informed me that no one lives in the apartment above hers. 
I'm definitely going to bring some protection with me next time I feed the cat. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to reconsider doing my friend a favor if I find out that their place is haunted. When I pet sit, I usually have the animals come to my house because it's protected. I hate having to stay overnight in a new space because there's a chance that it might be haunted and it just makes me feel very weird and I don't like it. Okay, enough of my neuroses. Sorcery Verti brings us the creepy experience she had with Melinda the monkey. So, this was an experience that I had around 10 to 11 years old. I was, and still am, in love with stuffed animals. At that age, I had a lot of them. I had a few that I had kept in bed with me, and the rest sat on a really long dresser I had at the foot of my bed, but up against the wall. Directly next to the dresser was another dresser that was short in width, but almost as tall as I was, about 5'3". This description comes into play later. One day when I arrived for school, there was a stuffed monkey in my locker. I was initially excited, but then immediately was confused because I had no idea how she got there. We don't share lockers. We weren't required to share our combinations with anyone, teachers included, and only my two BFFs had mine. She was so cute, but odd looking, like she was handmade by a grandma or something. There were no tags anywhere. I took her out of the locker and carried her around all day, asking everyone if they knew who she belonged to. No one had a clue. Teachers and administrators, janitors, all had no idea. So, of course, I kept her. I took her home, held her in my hands, and stared at her so I could decide a name and gender. Still, to this day, that's my process with choosing names or gender for my stuffies. As soon as I held her, the statement... My name is Melinda, was just ringing in my head, to which I said aloud, You don't look like a Melinda, but for some reason, it fits. Now, to decide where she should go in the room. My preteen logic, I just met you and don't know you that well, so you're not going in my bed. I gave up and set her on the tall dresser against the wall and slept on it. When I woke up the next morning, she was on the short dresser, dead center, facing straight at my bed. I honestly couldn't remember whether or not I put her there, so I didn't think much of it. I just put her back on the tall dresser. It happened again the next night, and in the morning, I asked my mom if she moved her. My mom is not a practical joke type, so of course she said no, and I believed her. I put her back on the tall dresser, same spot, and became more aware of her so I could figure out how she kept moving. On night three, I stayed up late just to see if anything started happening during the witching hours. She didn't budge. I went to sleep, woke up, and she's dead center again. I actually yelped that time. Legitimately scared at this point, but I was a tough kid who fully believed in the paranormal, so I wasn't panicking. This time, I decided to just leave her on the short dresser and give her a place among my other stuffies. I put her along the edge, wedged in between two other ones and facing the rest as if they were trying to take a group photo. The next night, 
dead center again, but this time her legs were hanging over the edge and she was sitting perfectly erect. To note, she was a floppy stuffy, the kind with long limbs that you could win at a fair. I ran straight to my mom and blatantly accused her of fucking with me to which she replied, I didn't touch that ugly ass thing. It's probably a poltergeist in your room. She was 100% serious as she also fully believes in the paranormal. I watched poltergeist before so that scared me more than anything. I was the one on the fence about whether to throw her away because I felt giving her away was going to cause problems for an innocent person if they didn't believe like I did. It was this day that I realized my dog hadn't slept in my room since I brought her home, which should have been the number one giveaway for me. He always slept in my room with me at night, so this night, I put her creepy ass back on the tall dresser, same spot. My kid logic, I don't want my other stuffies to start moving too, and made my dog get in the bed with me that night. He'd usually fall asleep before me, but this night, he never even completely lay down. I still felt safer knowing he was there, so I fell asleep. This was night five. The next morning, I woke up to her on neither dresser, but on my floor, limp, because my dog had ripped her eyes out and took out every bit of stuffing through the eyes. My room looked like a Build-A-Bear exploded. I was so astonished because the main thing that I couldn't figure out is how he even got to her. My dog was big, but even on his hind legs, he wasn't as tall as me, and he couldn't jump to be taller than me either, which is what he would have had to do in order to reach her at the back of this tall dresser. I can only think that he caught her moving. He was so proud of himself and got lots of love after. R.I.P. Lucky. I'm going to pause the spooky tales so you can hear a word from our sponsors. After listening to the spooky tales, you might be feeling a little on edge. Listen, I deal with anxiety and depression and through online counseling, I have found what works best for me and that's BetterHelp. I've been a BetterHelp user for about a year now. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's great because you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. If you're thinking you can't afford it, think again. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash it's haunted. That's better H-E-L-P and joined the over 500,000 people, including me, taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Again, a special offer for It's Haunted What Now listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash it's haunted. Okay, everybody. Now do you all see why I do not trust stuffed animals? I'm in the whole they're alive camp. I give them a side eye every time my little niece comes over with hers. I just don't, rather I won't trust them. And I love how your mom was like, oh, it's just a poltergeist. I would have freaked out and definitely burned it alive or something. I have no idea. Anyways, 
Alliope talks about a curiously flushing toilet in our next story. This is an experience I had when I was about 17 years of age. We had some renovations completed to accommodate my grandmother's loss of mobility through various illnesses and old age at her own house. I loved staying with my grandmother. She was utterly so kind and giving, and she had an understanding of the spirit world, I felt. I had come to stay with her, and I distinctly remember it was a Thursday. Summer holidays were upon us, my last day before sixth year. I noticed as I came in that Nan had been sitting with two cups of tea. I assumed straight off that she had company. I asked to use the ensuite toilet and she said no. So I said I'm going to use the kitchen one. I looked at her and said, Nan, do you have company? Her answer to this was, you may call it that. I pointed to the two cups of tea. I was thinking, oh shit. Is she going batty? She said, I have a visitor. I'm not sure about him. Best offer a cuppa. I looked at her kind of puzzled, but I knew she was clued in to what we know as the spirit world. I wanted to probe a bit more, but the overwhelming urge to hit the toilet won over and I ran. When I came back, she was making me toast and the tea had been emptied and I never brought it up after that. Later that night, we were beginning to settle down. I had gone through our regular routine at night before heading up to bed. I got Nan a nice warm cup of tea and had the bedside light switched on for her to read, as she liked to do so before settling down. I had organized her medication and got her off to bed and settled. As soon as I reached the top of the stairs, I heard the toilet flushing. Initially, I said, Jesus, what is she doing? And then I thought to myself straight away, that's odd. She couldn't have gotten to the toilet that quick. I knew her limitations, and she wasn't that steady or that quick on her feet for that matter. Was it the toilet flushing next door, I thought. So I stepped back down a number of steps. I hear a running water sound after a toilet is flushed, and it's distinct. I identified it as coming from our back kitchen toilet. I returned back down, and I immediately noticed that the lights had been as I left them all switched off. As I got closer, I began to switch on all the lights as I went. I called out to Nan. She acknowledged. It's okay, son. Just help me and we can go upstairs. The tone of her voice was reassuring, but it had a sense of nervousness, which I picked up on. I poked my head into her room and it was obvious that she had not used the toilet. She was sitting off the side of the bed. I said to her, Nan, I need to check this. Someone may have got in. Sure enough, everything was in its place. All doors locked as I had left them, and much to my bemusement, the toilet had been flushed. I felt uneasy at this stage. I felt something was present and looking right through me. I made a quick exit. I had felt a sense of urgency come on within me. Run. Get the fuck up the stairs. I went back to Nan. We linked arms and we slowly navigated slash walked towards the stairs. I switched the lights off as we went. I said to Nan, Can you feel that? 
I felt a freezing cold sensation behind us as we walked. This was something that was really making its presence felt. Nan said, just walk and don't look back. Nan broke out into her prayer, Sacred Heart of Jesus, protect us. I wanted to run. I really wanted to run. I ushered Nan in front of me to the handrail at the bottom of the stairs. Nan could only walk as fast as her legs were taking her, but the fear I was experiencing, or that sensation of sensory overload, was all over my body. I knew whatever it was, it was behind me. I prayed too. I was repeating what Nan was saying. Sacred Heart of Jesus, protect us. It followed us up a few steps right on me. It was as if it was breathing on me. I don't know how long it took us before we reached the top of those stairs, but I can tell you from personal experience that it felt like an eternity. It did not reach the upper part of the stairs, as I felt that whatever was behind me had not stayed quite as close to me once we hit roughly halfway up the stairs. I have never felt anything like that in my life. The following day, we spoke at length about what had happened. Nan had told me that she experienced a large black figure standing under the light in the middle of her room, hence her two cups of tea when I walked in. I have had various other experiences in this house, all of them very unsettling. Footnote. Nan's house is over 100 years old, with three generations living there previously, which has had a lot of strange things happen over time. This experience was one I can never forget. Uh, wow. Now, I remember before my great-grandfather passed away that he would talk to our family on the other side, Although this story with your nan is way more unsettling, I love how at first she was just chill about the whole thing and then sensed the not-so-great things about whatever that entity or maybe even Shadow Man was. Now, Set to Destroy is coming to us with a story about a Shadow Man. Listen, fair warning, if anything spooky happens to you after this story, I'm sorry. Hey there. I understand it is very uncommon for shadow man, people, astro travelers, or whatever you may believe them to be or prefer to call them, to talk, let alone make a noise. I also am an open-minded skeptic. But there was a night in 2018 that I can truly not explain. I have not told anyone this. So here we go. I was house-sitting for my uncle and aunt as they had a dog that needed to be fed, walked, and loved while they were away. First night, everything was fine. I took the dog for a walk, had a mate come over for a coffee with some banter, as you do. Everything was fine. Second night, I came back one night after work and after doing some food shopping. Now, my uncle and aunt's room was instantly on the left. It was an open house when you walked in, no hallway. So when you walked in, you were basically in the lounge room and if you continued to walk, you would go through the kitchen. I unlock the front door and as I step in the house, 
I kicked the front door shut behind me while having my hands full with grocery shopping bags. From my left in my ear, I heard so sharply, loudly, and clearly, shh. I could feel my face drop, my eyes open so widely. I dropped all my shopping bags and legged it or ran straight back out the front door. It was about a minute or so of me breathing heavily and repeating, what the fuck? I shook it off. I'm quite a rational person. I thought maybe it was just the shopping bags making weird noises and that I was overreacting. I walked back in the front door after rationalizing with myself. I take a few steps in. I shut the door, turn around, and there, there it was, standing in the corner of the lounge room, just a silhouette that I could feel staring at me. I was trying to adjust my eyes to make sure I was seeing what I was seeing, which did not take long. The next thing it did scared me. I just heard, shh. As soon as it did that, it just took off. So quickly, it was abnormal how fast this thing got out of there. I didn't even see it use legs. It just quickly shifted off as if it was levitating. Safe to say, I noped the fuck out of there after getting the dog from the backyard, and the dog stayed with me for the rest of the week. Again, the biggest concern for me about house-sitting is having something weird happen. Have any of you had any weird things happen while you were house-sitting? If so, share those stories with me and the rest of the haunted fam. Okay, well that wraps up this episode. If you'd like to submit your own spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, facebook.com slash haunted pod, or at hauntedpod.com. Audio engineering and production done by Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or We Talk of Dreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that?